listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, it's a good day to be a Mets fan. We'll talk about it on ESPN New York Tonight. Join us at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Brian Mungia and Ty Big Daddy Butler. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, how you feeling, my friend? The only thing that was better than today, this weekend, was Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday, Gordon. Well, oh, it what was Cyber week. Monday oh. today, and you went shopping, right? Oh, what a week. Oh, Gordon. Now, there's a pessimistic side of me, but I'm going to put that away. But for right now, oh, just to be able. And see, here's the thing. Just to be able to know that your team was in the running to be able to get these players, Gordon, years ago, we couldn't do that. You weren't even in the running. You'd hear that, well, you know, uh, Max Scherzer's a free agent. Well, you know, we're not going to get him because the Whereupon's not going to spend that kind of money for him. They're not going to spend any money. Oh, Gordon, it feels so good. It, it feels really good. And the other thing that struck me, had I known it was going to be like this, I might have taken baseball a little bit more seriously when I was coming up. 40, $46 million for one year? Yeah, well, oh, and he's also Gordon. got the deferred money from the Nationals as well coming oh. to him. So, yeah, he's doing, he's doing well for himself. This is, uh, look, on Saturday – uh, I kind of went through all the baseball rumblings and the, the Scherzer stuff, and I said, look, there's no way Max Scherzer is going to go to the New York Mets. There's just no way. You know, like you hear these things, and you hear them mm-hmm. all the time in the offseason. Oh, this team's interested, that team's interested. Um, not just based on prior history, even last year. How many guys did we hear last year? Oh, the Mets are going to be the front runners for – for um, George Springer or mm-hmm. this guy, that guy. And then, you know, they got some guys. Bauer. They got Lindor, Bauer, right? So when this one, I mean, it's shocking. It's it, This is the most shocking move to me that's happened in the baseball offseason in at least a decade. At I least agree. a decade. It, it might be two decades. <laughs> to think that Max Scherzer, mm-hmm. and this is really where it comes to me, that this is the place where he went. Now, look, the money is, I think, the primary factor. There's no question. Right. I mean, that's that. look, money. everybody loves money. I love money. Good for him. He deserves it. He's great. Um, so that, I think, is the primary factor. And, and somebody called me on Saturday and said, you know, like, why don't the Mets just make it so that he can't say no? You know, maybe two years, $80 million. I said, well, look, I don't – I think that that – it would have to be even more than that. I didn't know it was going to be – that much more than that. <laughs> so good for the Mets. The Met fans should be absolutely thrilled. Oh. And you know, when any of these moves come down, and a lot of them have come down here in the last 24 hours, mm-hmm. it's easy. You can always find the thread to pull at if you want to, right? Sure. Like, you know, he's 30. Every single solitary. Oh, Marcus Simeon. Well, you know, he's only had a couple years. He's 31 now. You know, he's going to the range. All these moves, you can pull at the thread if you want to, but if you're a Met fan, why would you're going into the season 
with Max Scherzer on your team. Who cares what it costs? The beer's still going to be expensive at City Field, whether you had them or not. The food is still going to be – the tickets are still going to be expensive. So good for Steve Cohen, good for the Mets, and good for the Met fan that Max Scherzer is now going to be a New York Met. The difference is the food will taste a little better. Mm. The beer will be a little colder. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at if if he can come back, Gordon, you're looking at possibly – a one-two punch that's comparable to anybody in, in baseball right now. Yeah, with Degrom and Scherzer. Oh, I mean, it's 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 fantastic. Now, you want to talk about pulling a little bit of the strings? I, it kind of needs to, right? Like you need Degrom yes. to be Degrom again, yes. and maybe not to the to the degree that he has been here the last few years up until this past year. But just you know, an, just an excellent pitcher who's in the conversation for best pitcher in baseball. That one-two punch, hard to beat that, man. Hard nope. to beat those two. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, look, you feel good. You're happy. And I think, Gordon, what helps a guy like Scherzer is, look, I've gotten my championships, okay? So now I'm going for the money. And so I think that – so when, when you're talking about money, I agree with you a thousand percent. It's it's mostly the money. Yeah. There's no oh, question. Oh, yeah, no question. No and, question. And with him being – and I think um, – Kay made a great point earlier today when he said, and also it's in part of being on the executive committee of the MLB Players Association to set the tone. Uh, you know, Marcus Stroman should be a very happy man right now because <laughs> his well, money just went up substantially. You would like to think so. Um, you'd like to think so. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just um, it, it's the type of move that I did not think was possible. And really, it's not that it, it, it's so much for the Met. It's more for me, for Scherzer, that, that this mm-hmm. is now, look, the money is so ridiculous, but he's made ridiculous money in his yeah. career. Yep. And you'd have to think that this is going to be the last contract of his career. So I'm mm-hmm. a little surprised. I know he won with the Nationals. But I would have I would have thought that he would have been looking for some place that would have, you know, I'm not saying that the Mets can't win. They certainly can if they, especially if they have him. Yep. But just a little bit more of a uh, prohibitive favorite like the Dodgers. I don't know what the Dodgers were offering. Maybe they were only offering one or two years and, mm-hmm. and three years and $120 million. <laughs> That's a huge upgrade even for all the money that Max Scherzer has made. That to me is the most surprising thing that Scherzer decided to go with the Mets. Um, even with the money being as outrageous as it was. All right, well, let's hear from our Jeff Passan. He was on SportsCenter and told how the Scherzer deal came together. It came together pretty quickly, actually. And listen, I think people around the industry are surprised that it is the New York Mets because the idea was that Max Scherzer was out on the West Coast and wanted to stay there. Well, clearly that's not true. All right, Jeff, how good are the Mets now? The New York Mets are a very good baseball team. Are they as good as the Atlanta Braves, who are the reigning world champions? And not just the reigning world champions, but winning the championship without their best player, Ronald Acuna Jr. I don't know if they're there at this point. And listen, when Steve Cohen bought this team, he did so to win championships. And he did so knowing that he was going to throw money around. The fact that next year, Max Scherzer may not be the opening day starter for the New York Mets is a crazy thing to think about. But if Jacob DeGrom comes back healthy, if Carlos Carrasco gets healthy, if they get a little more depth, then this is going to be a team to be reckoned with, especially if there are expanded playoffs next year. 
Absolutely. And Gordon, this this makes your bullpen better because, I mean, for two days, you're not going to need much, hopefully. If everything works out well, two games a week, you're not going to need your bullpen that often. No. Uh, look, there'll be. I'm sure there'll be things that pop up along the Absolutely. way with every pitcher, especially a guy who's 37 years old, but he is still pitching at a very high level, was top three in Cy Young this past season. This is the kind of move that every organization in baseball should want their team to, to make. And I'm sorry, but if there's anyone out there telling you, well, you know, this, they're looking at all the negatives of this or any of the negatives of this, I think it's just sheer jealousy that their organization didn't go all in the way that Steve Cohen and the Mets did with Max Scherzer. Let's go take some calls, Gordon. 1-800-919-3776. Eli's in Washingtonville. He joins us first on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, E? Hey, Gordon. I mean, what's going on, fellas? Listen, uh, one thing to Gordon Damer. We need you back in the morning, man. I appreciate it. I don't make that decision, Eli. You know, those decisions are made uh, way above my pay grade. But, you know, look, Rick and Dave are doing a fantastic job. Why are you trying to take him from me, Eli? (laughs) Hey, Eli, why are you trying to take him from me? Yeah, I prefer the, uh, you know, with all things considered, uh, you know, hanging with Larry at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night as opposed to 5 a.m. in the morning. I mean, I'll do whatever asked, but... He's like, you're up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you can bring Larry with you. That- <laughs> Larry don't want to go to that time of the morning. Are you crazy? <laughs> Larry won't talk to it me ever again. Just... What's up, Eli? What you got yeah, for us? All right, Gordon. Just to get, get to the point, uh, what is Cashman doing right now? Uh-oh. It's a good what question. What is Cashman doing right now? Well, I can tell you what he's not doing. Our biggest side of the yeah, our biggest signing was bringing back uh, uh, Aaron Boone. Like this is yeah. a sh- this is this is shameful. It's not ideal. <laughs> it's not, it's not ideal. what you want. No, it's not what you want. You're right. Listen, the, the Mets have become the top dog when it comes to to money in this town now. Like they can't be pushed around anymore. This guy's flexing his financial muscle, and here. The Yankees are just sitting idly by, just waiting for this lockout to happen. Marte should have been a Yankee. But, no, you know, Ryan Cashman is, you know, satisfied with Hicks. Like, that's our center fielder right now. Aaron Hicks, a hurt freak. But, uh, listen, the Mets, I give it to the Mets, but they can't be too happy. Remember, this is an old pitcher that had a dead arm in the playoffs. Eli, don't and take my joy from me, Eli. Come on, Eli. Eli, let yeah, me have a day. You know, thanks thanks Eli, for the call, Eli. Eli. Let you me have a day, yeah, Eli. You can't make that argument when you're just saying, what is Cashman doing? Rightfully so. And and here's the thing about the Yankees. The Yankees, look, they'll make some moves at some they point, will. right? They will. They'll do something. But the days of the Yankees holding themselves to a different standard and going above and beyond to look to land the big fish, those days are over. There's no more evidence that is needed to show you that those days are over. They're not going to bend over backwards. They're never going to go all in on any kind of move. And the Scherzer move, like it or not, that's an all-in kind of move. That's putting all the chips in the center of the table. And that's the type of move the Yankees should be looking to kind of make at this stage. But they're not. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they're going to do also. And uh, because... You know, here's the thing, and, and I appreciate what Eli is saying about the Mets of the big dog in town. No, 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 no. you got to win. 
Okay, yeah. you, you you can win the first base. Okay, how many times have have teams in this town won the opening day press conference? Okay, no, right. you gotta you, no. you gotta you know yes, this is great, but you know what? I, I've got a bunch of free agents I can cro- uh, I can quote who didn't do a darn thing in the Met uniform, yeah. and you know it didn't work out. So we'll see. But for today, and you're ecstatic because you're in the running. Gordon, you have a shot. You've improved your team. And that's and I'm waiting to see what else they're going to do. Since listen, while he's writing checks, let's, let's get some more players to get in line. Let's see what we can do here. Hey, I mean, don't stop here, right? No, if you're going to blow past the luxury tax threshold blow. or whatever it's going to be, blow past it, man. So, and the Mets still have a bunch of needs. Um, they yes, still they, have some some yes. things to to take care of. So, yep. uh, playing right they, field, you know, uh, <laughs> they're they're making moves, and mm-hmm. and we'll see what the next move. Is. I mean, but this off season already between Marte and and Scherzer, those are the kind Huge. of those are winning kind of players yep. that, and you can quibble about the money, right? Yeah, it's Marte's thirty-three, four years center field. You can always pull at those strings, but for right now, going into this season, ask yourself: Would you rather your team make those kind of moves or sit on the sidelines? I think you'd having, rather they make those moves. Having been on the sidelines, I'm happy to <laughs> make the moves. Eight seven ESPN. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Cohen got involved in this personally. Uh, Cohen's wife, Alex Cohen, who's on the Mets board, part owner of the Mets, got involved in this personally, speaking to Scherzer, speaking to Scherzer's wife, speaking to family members, uh, selling them on their vision, selling them on even the convenience of Scherzer lives in Jupiter, Florida, which is about a half an hour from where the Mets have spring training and all those kinds of details to talk through and have that kind of one-on-one. So Steve Cohen did not just close this deal with his sizable checkbook. He closed this deal personally, too, as a salesman for himself, for what the Mets and Sandy Alderson and Billy Epler are able to offer Scherzer culture-wise. Andy Martino. With the insides of how Scherzer became a Met, you're listening to ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I, listen, I'm, I'm happy of, of the Cohen's involvement, both Mr. and Mrs. Cohen. Yeah. It's great. The bottom yeah. line is the check. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how people say these things with a straight face. $130 million for three years. That's how, I mean, it didn't matter what the wife said, what the husband said, what this one said, what that one said. They're offering him $130 million over three years. I can't mm-hmm. imagine that anybody was, anybody else was even remotely close. Even if the Dodgers were offering him $90 million for two years, right? Like they didn't want to reportedly go beyond two years. And I don't think they were offering him ninety million. That's still forty more million dollars for one more. I mean, come on! The it's about the money. Involved. They made they, they she made a lovely uh, little dip that they had a little. They, they took a little chip and they dipped it in there and come on. In blue and orange. Yes, <laughs> yes, the blooming onion, right? Yeah, they got the blooming onion out. Stiff drink. Yeah, you know, let's celebrate. Cocktail. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah. Well, you know, celebrate, right? Now, baby. Yeah, of course. This is how we do it over here. First yeah. class. How come no private jet like the college coaches get? You know, buy, buy him a house or something else. I guess he could do all that on he his own. He could buy his own private jet now. <laughs> he sure could. <laughs> Don LeGreco on the Michael K show was, I would think, ecstatic in reaction to the Scherzer deal. 
They're all in, and this is what we hoped for when Cohen took over the team, that they were no longer going to be the Kansas City Mets, the Milwaukee Mets, the Montreal Mets, the small market, little engine that could team, just trying to get by because of the Madoff scandal or the Wilpons being cheap or whatever. They play in New York with a brand-new building in their own network. So they may not be the New York Yankees, but they're certainly in the neighborhood, literally and figuratively. So why can't they dance with the teams like the Dodgers and the Phillies and the Yankees and spend big money? And it, it took a little bit. And it had us worried, like nobody wanted to play here and all that. But they went out and got some big players, some good players, some players that have great seasons recently. Marte had a great year last year. Escobar had three really good years in 2019 and 2021 in particular, hitting a lot of home runs. You know, these guys are all in their 30s. So it's a team right now that is poised to try to go for it now. So in the next couple of years, Michael, they have to feel like they are in the market to win a World Series. And that's all you want as a fan. Right, Gordon, that your, that your team has a shot to be it, – it, yeah, we can talk about sustainable success, and that's on down the line. And, of course, this is a message to everybody. Listen, I'll spend the money with the talent, all the agents, all the stuff. Gordon, nobody talking about him texting agents and all the other stuff now. Everybody's, no, nobody's talking about Syndergaard or Mats. Everybody's talking about the move that he made. So uh, this is the bottom line. It is about right now. It is about making sure that you win this year or next year to challenge the, the Atlanta the Atlanta team in your division. And listen, I'm excited, Gordon, because you, you now have a chance. You have a chance. You have a realistic chance. Of, and, and the best part is there's more people coming. So is it, you know, what, what's he going to do in the outfield? What's he going to And he's got enough money to say, listen, Robinson Cano, thank you, bye. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Bye, yeah, bye. See ya. No bye. question. No question. And just to give you an idea of just how crazy this money is, so he's going to get paid $130 million for the next three years with the Mets, right? Yep. In his entire career, according to BaseballReference.com, he only made $221 million. <laughs> so, I mean, he's making more than half the money in his career so far in the next three years. It's unbelievable. That's crazy. That's crazy money. Look, good for the Mets. Uh, this is the, It's an all-in kind of move. It can go wrong. Of course it can go wrong. Anything can go wrong. And as they say... If you only make the most reasonable offer to free agents, you'll always come in third. Somebody's yeah. always going to get crazy. And you know what? This is the kind of guy to get crazy with. I mean, this guy has shown you repeatedly that he is uh, this kind of guy. He's top of the rotation, stud pitcher, the type of attitude you want, the kind of pitcher, big game pitcher as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really see. I realize there are downsides. There's downsides to everything. But uh, mm-hmm. to me, this is a home run. Oh, no, it's just, I'm, just, I'm ecstatic. Uh, this is great. The only thing I need now is can I get, you know, a little Brian in the outfield, you know, a little, 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 little other well, things. Well, now you're getting, you, now you're getting greedy. I mean, you Absolutely. Put, Why are they I mean, I mean where are you going to put him in the outfield? You got, you got Nimmo, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you got, uh, who, who's in, uh, I, I'm assuming that Kana is going to play left field, right? I would think, yeah. Nimmo's in right field. You got Marte in center. I put Brian at third. Brian at third, yeah. Well, what about uh, Eduardo Escobar? I thought he was going to play third. Well, you know, he, he's, that he's the utility man now. Yeah, I'll move him around. All right. Well, look, if you got it's the money, depth. Right. it's about depth. Gordon, it's a long right. season. Well, it may not be a long <laughs> season, but usually it's a long season. Yeah, <laughs> and look, the thing about the Mets last year was not really the pitching, although you did need to upgrade. That was the number one thing this offseason. But the, the offense last year was what killed you, right? Yeah. I mean, you just couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. You couldn't score runs. Always uh, had these moments of just you just couldn't push across runs. So, 
Uh, if, if you just get like a normal kind of mediocre return to what numbers are for hitting with runners in scoring position and guys on base, you'll be doing okay. If there's like a, a real improvement from where you were last year, well, then you're really you're going to be firing on all cylinders. Pete Alonso must have been jumping up and down somewhere. <laughs> this is with the, the kind protection of, yeah, he's got in his course. lineup now. Yeah. Much better. Much better. Uh, Gordon, I, I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised. And, and I know you have been, to your credit, you've been downplaying it. But I really thought Seager was going to the Yankees. I really did. I'm a little surprised. That, and what's going on in Texas who supposedly didn't have any money? Yeah, yeah. That's a, I, look, good for those guys to get the money that they're getting. You know, you set yourself up for life. Uh, I, I mean, Texas is not close to competing. No. So, you know, if they're not close to competing, you know, I, I don't really understand the, the moves that they made. Um, but, yeah, I, look, it, it was going into the offseason, even last year, I remember it was Bob Clappish was the first one to say that the Yankees have their eyes on Corey Seager, keep that name in mind. And then when the Dodgers went out and got Trey Turner, it certainly seemed like, well, all right, Corey Seager's probably not going to be back with the Dodgers. The Yankees need a shortstop. He's a lefty hitter. They need a lefty hitter. I got to be honest with you, though. When I see what it was at ten years, three twenty-five that I saw, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not all that disappointed that they didn't get him per se. But mm-hmm. you got to get somebody, and I tell you, I don't want Trevor Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, I mean, from the the start, all the options haven't really been all that appealing to me, considering all the money that you have to give and just the type of players that they are. You know, thirty-two million dollars a year for Corey Seager, really. Ooh. That seems a little high. That's not exactly a bargain. No, Mm-mm. it's not. It's not. And, you know, most people seem to, but, but I'm reading, Gordon will seem to think that in a couple of years, he's not going to be able to play short. You have to move him to third. Yeah, he's not, he's not the defensive shortstop that Correa is. So, mm-hmm. And he's had some health things. So, yeah, it's a very good possibility. In a year or two, you're moving him off of shortstop anyway. Now, with the yep. Yankees, you would think, all right, well, they have these young kids that they like a lot in the minor leagues that might come up and play shortstop. Problem with that is the last guy they thought could play shortstop couldn't play shortstop, and now yeah. he's back at second base. And whether he's on the team next year is a very big question. So yeah. they're a bit of a Met, you know, look, they're going to do things, I'm sure, the Yankees, but this is not their day. Today is the Mets' day. Yep, there's no question about it. And I, But I'm still interested to see what they're going to do because, listen, here's the thing we know. They know they have to make changes. They know yep. they can't run that team back. This is They've well, got to do something. Well, but they got the exact team. They can't run that team back. It's not going to work. No, I, I, I agree with you, but, like, take a look at what they did off, last offseason. They didn't do anything spectacular there. They didn't do anything real big there. They brought back LeMayhew. They brought in um, Corey Kluber, and they got under the luxury tax threshold. And I think that they proved last year the number one goal with this team is about making money and making sure that they're under the luxury tax threshold more so than winning. More Anything that they tell you, winning is the where the Yankees, we have to do, we have to get back mm-hmm. to winning. It's all nonsense. They, they, they don't have the taste for it like they used to. I got to tell you, Gordon, yesterday I was scratching my head as I was looking at the Giants, mm-hmm. and I'm saying, Jason Garrett, he didn't look that bad. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. he he didn't look that bad. And as far as the Jets are concerned, listen, a, a win is a win. You'll take a win. Uh, these slow starts from, uh, you know, Zach Wilson, it's like, what is going on? He just can't. He just can't start out fast. He's just saying, look, I know he hasn't played in this rust and all this other stuff, but Gordon, I'm just telling you, he was better in the second half, but 
He's got I got him. a thought on Zach Wilson after watching that game on Sunday. Uh-oh. I'm assuming you're going to use a break here, so I will save it for the next segment. Because Look at you. It's not, it's not good. Look at you. What a tease guy you are. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, go. Uh, it's a blatantly obvious after watching Sunday. It's been blatantly obvious for a while, but since he's been out for the four weeks, you're willing to give him a chance to come back. It's blatantly obvious at this point that Zach Wilson is not ready to play quarterback at the NFL level. He's just not. He's nowhere close to being prepared enough at this stage of his career. Now, I'm not saying that they should bench him or he needs to play. If he's healthy, he has to be the starter the rest of the way because you're hoping that at some point he gets to where he needs to be. But he is nowhere close. For him to come back after all we've heard, after, oh, he's got to sit and learn, he's got to sit and watch, he's got to see what the other guys are doing out there, he's seeing what the other guys are doing out there. Robert Salas saying that Wilson's processing things much quicker now than he was earlier in the season. I got to be honest with you, Robert Sala knows a whole lot more football than I ever will, but to the naked eye, it doesn't look like Zach Wilson's gotten any better. And in fact, he might have gotten worse because that Texans team might be the least talented team in the entire sport, and it was a comedy of errors with him at quarterback. So right now, obviously play Zach Wilson, get him as many reps as you can, and the health thing might be a little bit of a concern because coming back from the knee, it seemed like he tweaked the knee again. Mm-hmm. But boy, oh boy, he is in a rough spot right now after that performance on Sunday. He's got to play. Oh, He's play. absolutely. Yeah. He's got to play. You've got to hope no that it's it, it, for reps. No, you've got to play. You, you learn by doing. You don't learn by yeah. watching. You can learn a certain amount by watching, but at the end of the day, we're at week 12, we're at week 13. Yeah. He's got to be playing here. And, yeah. and boy, yeah. oh boy, if you would have told any Jet fan, that this is what it was going to look like with your number two pick in the draft, they would have thought mm. you were crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's no question about it. He's, he's not look good. And he's making the same mistakes. And see, that's that's the thing that really bothers you. And as you mentioned, <laughs> he wasn't exactly playing the Green Bay Packers just No, <laughs> no. And, you know, on Saturday, a lot of people called and said, you know, look, well, Zach, when he came in, you know, he was playing the Patriots. He's playing, you know, uh, he's playing uh, the Broncos defense early on. He's got, uh, you know, the, the Patriots, I think he played them twice, right? That was the second game he got hurt. So a lot of tough pass defenses. Carolina's pass defense was pretty good. So he had a rough go of it. You can't get a much easier landing spot than the Houston Texans. Nope. nope. And it was not, it was not good. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Now, he had some good drives later in the game. The second half, you saw some things. He was able to move the football a little bit. It was good. So you take that and, and you build up with that, definitely. But, Gordon, the, the, the thing is, once again, that you can't, you can't continually put your defense in a situation where they're struggling to hold on to keep the game close where you don't do anything until late. the last drive of the first half was the only time that they got – he even did something. Yeah. Well, look, the, the Jets, it's still it's a it's a rebuilding team, right? Absolutely. They're not a very talented team and there's a lot of 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 weak links in the chain. But mm-hmm. I think right now there's no weaker link than the quarterback. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not good. It's not no, good. You want to see something that you can hang your hat on early. Come out. Give me a good first drive or give me. And see, that's the crazy thing. We get to the calls in a minute because Gordon, those those are the plays that you work on all week. You would think. You know, so those are the ones you should be comfortable with. You should be able to knock those out. I mean, even Gase, the first drives were pretty good. 
<laughs> well, it was okay. the rest of them that were bad. Yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> it went it went south very quickly. Um, but you know, to be tra- you know, when they were trailing fourteen three to the Texans, yeah, I'm like, oh my god, are they going to lose the? Te- that would have been as bad a loss as any loss they had under Adam Gase. Losing mm-hmm. the Texans like that when you're yep. touting Zach Wilson being back and oh boy, so. Thankfully, they got the win. They did enough. Uh, move on. Take the W. You don't get too many of them. But uh, right now, boy, Zach Wilson, a lot of work to do. A lot of work. A lot of work. Back to the phones we go. Buddha's in the Bronx. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Buddha. <laughs> uh, I love y'all, man. <laughs> it's too bad Cohen didn't want to buy the Jets. <laughs> it's not too late. You never know. You know I, I listen. You got his number. Jeez, I saw a couple guys, and I ain't got the money he got. I'll give him something. I'll give him about five grand, something. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know. Gordon was taking some calls on Saturday. Uh, some of the same callers that you took last week, the mm-hmm. week before. You know, talking about how hard you are on the field goal kicker, <laughs> who again. <laughs> Is missed oh a field goal from 38 yards. <laughs> you know, let me, let me tell you something, man. I mean this from the bottom of my heart, man. You know, this Jets culture, and when I say the culture, I'm not even talking about just the team. I'm talking about the fans, everybody. This culture is weak. It's like Gordon was talking about. People were calling and talking about, look, all I want to see is, is I don't care if they win or not. You know, I just want to see improvement from the court. This is Houston, Texas. <laughs> Like, Come on, man! Not the Buffalo Bills. This is not. This is not the Green Bay Packers, as you said. It's not the Arizona. This is the Houston Texans. You know the things that annoyed me specifically about that game is. And I like Robert Caesar Salah, nice guy, and all that. I'm looking at him with the fatigue hoodie on. His underarms is soaking wet. You understand what I'm saying? He's nervous as you know what. You know, and, and, and I sit back and I, and I think about. When I had called the station before, and I'm talking to your man, Bullet Bob with shoes in, who I, I really don't care for at all. He's another pom-pom guy, just like this, this horrible show that they have on before, y'all, that takes an hour away from your show. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, listen to that and the fifth quarter. Nothing but homers, like my man Spike said. But, you know, he's sitting here telling me how, you know, the Jets, they, they needed to compete and nobody goes on the field. I don't care if they need to compete or not. That winning that game last year was absolutely asinine. You would have got the if you would have had the the first pick, you could have traded that pick to Jackson. They would have gave you the the, the, the second pick and a twenty fifth pick they had because they were thirsty for um, Trevor Lawrence. You know this is this is such of a, a, a like a, what do you call it a loser's mentality associated with this franchise from the owner to whoever he hires and trickles down to the fans. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, he, but Bob, Bob is used to tell me about how Sam Donald's going to play great after he gets out of here and he's going to be with Christian McCaffrey. Guess what? Newsflash, they're both hurt as they always are, and Sam Donald is absolutely horrible. You know, all, all this stuff that I hear, hear all the time, you know, I, I miss the days of Howard David. I miss the days of Dave Jennings with my man John Dockery on the sidelines when they used mm. to call it like it was. You know, this, this, this is absolutely foolish. And, and it also makes me circle back to where there's some kind of fallacy of the Jets have a rivalry with the Patriots. 
This ain't no rivalry. Like like um, Samuel Jackson said in the Avengers when he was talking to Loki, ant to boot. Wear the ant and the Patriots are the boot. You had better chance of saying you had a rivalry when it was with Marino and, and, and the two Marx brothers and Tony Nathan and A.J. Dewey and um, Saquon Barkley's um, brother from another mother on the defensive side of the ball, John Arthur, was always hurt the same way Saquon Barkley is. I mean, please, this is absolute nonsense. Did you see the way they were celebrating on the sidelines at the end of that game? This yeah, it was a win. <laughs> yeah, well, no, look, they got it. I mean, look, they won. Win. They got to celebrate the win, win. though. Yeah, they got, I know what you're saying. You're they got to celebrate the win. You know, and it was their first road win, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. We got to move on. It, it was their first road win. Listen, you look, other guys played well. Maybe Zach Wilson didn't. No, <laughs> it, there were some, some guys good performers. Well. You know, defense and some individual player. Now, I'm not yeah. saying they locked it down or anything like that. No, but no we're not I saying mean, that. You, you know, can the, celebrate a little bit. These guys are going out there getting their heads handed to them a lot this year. It's been a rough year overall. It's, you know, it's a rebuilding organization and a rebuilding situation. And guys, you know, they don't know that they're going to be here next year. So really? if you win a game, any game, you celebrate that one. I don't care how that. you get it. Yeah, because yeah, you don't know when the next Right, you stuff. might not. I mean, <laughs> Jets' remaining schedule, Eagles, Saints, Dolphins, Jaguars, Bucks, Bills. How many are you getting there? Maybe two. Maybe. 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 Well, you got the free money express coming in three weeks against the Dolphins. Oh, stop. Don't even even go there. And then the Jaguars, you get back-to-back wins. Oh, yeah, right. Sure. (laughs) Okay. You mean the Jaguars to beat the Bills? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. No, nah, if I'm a Jeff fan, I'm not falling. I'm not falling for your chicanery this time. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Oh, by the way, Buddha, at least you know with Seattle losing tonight is uh, yeah. as Big Daddy Butler tells me. You know the Jets. What are they? Two and three or three and four right now? They they could go back to back. That there might be something good. Yeah, you know, and because guess what? Adams wasn't going to help. And you'd be the same team no, with Adams that absolutely. you are right now. And, and it would be worse because he'd still be complaining about his contract and this and that. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I'm pretty sure with the Giants, their two picks, Dave Gettleman right now is working the phone, seeing how he can package those picks so he can move up and take that Michigan running back who ran for the five touchdowns over the weekend. So, excuse me, Gord, he's not going to be here to make that pick. <laughs> he don't. Yeah, right. He doesn't know that yet, though. <laughs> he but he's be working. Here to make that he's pit. working the angles. He's not going to be here to make that pick. No. He's not going to be here. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Wow, that's salty there. That's rough. 1-800-919-377. Well, you're speaking from experience, Gordon. You ought to know. Absolutely. And look, he doesn't bring – I mean, it's a fair point. It is. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He isn't. We'll hear what he had to say about Daniel Jones. Let's head back to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Chris is in Manhattan. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Chris. Hey, good evening, Larry. Gordon, how are you? Chris, what's going on, my man? Shall I start with you, Gordon? Oh, uh, play nice. Relax. Go ahead. No, <laughs> bring it. I don't have well, a problem wait, with that. What? Wait, Larry, relax, relax, relax. Like, shall I start with you? Shall I start with you, Gordon? It's like Gordon's going to the principal. No, I got a, I got a bone to pick with Gordon because he oh. lied to me. Why is oh. it? I feel like you told me an untruth. What was it? The last time we spoke, this was you know we were in a, you know we were feeling all festive, and I'm gonna make this short and sweet because I want That's you to true. get at this. Go ahead. Did you tell me 
that the Miami Dolphins defense was terrible. Now, my it view, hold on before you answer. It is terrible. Huh? It is terrible. Okay. Well, it, it, see, I, I, you know what? I, I, I can understand you saying that. You're a Miami Dolphins fan. It seems that, like you have there, there are a couple of other opinions on ESPN radio. Like I happened to hear Dave Rothenberg, and it came right out of his mouth. It's about 7 o'clock this morning. Uh-huh. He said, Miami Dolphins defense is good. Now, I don't know if Dave Rothenberg to be just throwing out compliments to people. Here's the thing, Chris. Now, it's you not can really disagree. a slight on Dave or anybody else who says that. The problem is, is everybody now is a prisoner of the moment, right? Like a perfect example today, some guy tweeted me about uh, all the injured running backs, right? McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry. And he said, hey, look, Saquon Barkley's healthier than all those other guys. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like prisoners of the moment. Yes, the Dolphins had an excellent defensive performance a couple of weeks ago against the Ravens. They had a great defensive performance against Cam Newton. But overall, is their defense good? No, because it's the same defense that lost the Falcons, lost the Jaguars, lost to all these bad teams as well. So I'm not a prisoner of the moment because I have a little bit of history on my side. I know. I know look, that's your squad. You know them better than I do. But – um if you're really not happy, I will help take one of those corners, preferably <laughs> Xavier Howard. And I need and the Jets need one. So I'm mean, too. If you're not happy with it. Yeah, I don't think that that's um, going to happen, but you never know. Sure yeah, it is. It is. It, it is. And I'm just saying, if, if you know, you can talk him into existence if, you, if you're not happy with them. Um, I guess we can get to uh, the Jets and Zach Wilson. Um, first, the A. Just happy to just happy to get a win. You know, it's just nice. It's, it ain't the oh Lord. It ain't the greatest football to watch. You know, but that's my squad, and you know, I support him as far as uh, Zach Wilson goes. Um, I think the best thing that I can say is I'm just happy to see that he's somewhat, you know, you know that he's able to play the game, physically able to play the game. And I think one of the things that impressed me, even though I don't want to see it that much. Um, is the um, I guess I don't know whether it was an RPO. I think they said that he improvised on it and pulled the ball back. But coming back from injury, especially uh, lower leg injury, to make that cut, um, uh, you know that has to show some confidence. It has to show some toughness and durability. So, uh, you know, but be you know managing the game. We got got to get better. Yeah, I mean that that's the weak link in our offense, and I actually like the way that the um, schedule sets up because you may have a couple of more winnable games before you go in. Before, as I'm really going to be looking hard at him when it comes down to Tampa. No, Miami because they're going to put pressure on him, and you got those cornerbacks, and I can't wait to see him against Tampa Bay, and I can't wait to see him against Buffalo again. Thanks for your time, guys. All right, Chris. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, and that see, that's where you want to see him improve, Gordon, against the better teams because that's how you get better. You don't get better playing people worse than you. You get better playing people better than you, and you learn. And listen, watching Tom Brady operate, he's going to learn a lot when they play Tampa Bay. He's going to learn a lot. <laughs> he's going to be the smartest man in the history of the world. <laughs> yes, he will. He's going to learn a lot. He's going to learn a lot. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, I learned a lot from the Giants yesterday. Oh. <laughs> That well, again, it's a win, right? Yeah, listen, if I'm a Giant fan, I'm ecstatic. We got away with one because, and and how did Jalen Hurts? What happened to him? 
they've been playing well over the past couple of weeks, Gordon. He looked yeah. like he looked awful. Well, his receivers didn't really help him out. The running back with Boston Scott, who usually kills the Giants, had a huge fumble. You know, it's very tough to win a game when you have four turnovers, right? It is. Uh, and, it is. Uh, and, and look, the Eagles were right there. Yeah. I mean, he hit the kid Rager in with two passes in the hands. So, look, he did not play well. No. But he deserved was, better than that. Yeah, he, they had a chance to pull that out, but sometimes. The Giants have had plenty of those games go against them. That's one that went in their favor. They're still kind of in the same spot, though, which is last place in the NFC East. Daniel Jones yesterday, 19 of 30, 202 yards in the touchdown, uh, one sack. Uh, His pass is an average of 6.7 yards per completion. Rex Ryan, what are you seeing from Daniel Jones? rest since his rookie year and that's not a good thing the turnovers aren't aren't as bad this year as they've been in the past so that's an improvement but if you can't block anybody then I don't, I don't care who the you know who the heck's your quarterback you're going to struggle you know so we'll see I mean obviously he'll be here next year and and be the starting quarterback and and we'll see but they got to get better up front I mean that that's where it starts obviously and and then you know have you ever seen a team like this team's ravaged with with injuries it, it seems like like Saquon Barkley, always hurt. Evan Ingram, always hurt. Kadarius Tony, who I'm super excited about, always hurt. You know, it's like, dang, can we get our guys on the field? Yeah, and th- that's another problem, uh, Gordon. They, they just the offense can't stay healthy. At least Kenny Galladay got got the chance to catch some balls yesterday. Yeah, slightly. You know, it was not exactly, and I wasn't expecting it to be a, some sort of transformation. With Mm-mm. Jason Garrett there, but I would like to have thought it was going to be better than that. I mean, yeah. come on, yeah. you know, with all the, especially with all a lot of the talking that it seems like goes on. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're finally free from the shackles of, you know, <laughs> Kenny Galladay has been very um, outspoken, at least on the sidelines. He had that clip where he was yelling yep. at Garrett, and, and people asked him after the firing, and he was saying, "Oh, you know, I'm just going to keep it under my hat." But it was clear, you know, he's he's pleased that he's going to get more targets now. Wasn't a whole lot of, I mean, between Barkley did nothing. Holiday, I mean, nothing. I mean, there was not. They did very, very little. They did no. That's the defense won that game for them yesterday. Yeah, no question. And I think it's now been a month since one of their receivers caught a touchdown. The Giants, is that right? It's close. It's been a. It's been a while. It's been a long while. It's been a long while, and you know. But but listen, a win is a win. Like you said, they're four and seven. So you know, not that they're going to make a run. But Gordon is still in it. They're still in it. They're hanging around. Uh, They're hanging around. Yeah, I mean, I I guess. I mean, they have some winnable (laughs) games coming up as well, so it's not – but they're just not good. No, they're not. You know, they're they're not not good. And and you watch these other teams on Sunday, like you take the Rams, for example, right? They've now lost three in a row. I don't think they're very good. No, they're not. But they're they're bad, and they're seven and four. Or the Niners. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Niners are all that great, but the Niners are six and five. This is a weird year. What happened? To, what happened to the Chargers? I don't we know. T- yeah, they were they were a mess yesterday. They were a mess. Uh, you know, and when when Teddy Bridgewater got knocked out of that game, you're thinking to yourself, "All right, here comes Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Chargers will get a touchdown here. It's fourteen nothing. They got the touchdown. It was just a matter. But then Teddy Bridgewater came in, and they got pressure on the Chargers and and Justin Herbert with their front four. They really weren't doing anything all that complex, and they were hitting him repeatedly and he was making mistakes the receivers were making mistakes backs were making mistakes oh my gosh they were a mess 
Something about him in Denver. Denver, oh, they have, they've got his number. They, oh, he sees ghosts when he plays Denver. <laughs> Something yeah. going on with them. He just does not play well against them. No, and Von Miller's not, not even there. No, no, but they had, they had a very – their defense really came to play yesterday. They were in his face. They had interceptions. I mean, they, that was as bad a performance. And for a Chargers team that started out, what was it, 4-1, and one, mm-hmm. whatever it was, and you talk about, wow, look at the, the, the way they're playing out west. They could lead the division. Now 6-5. and five. What a disappointment. Gordon, uh, as we get ready to wrap up, one of the things that surprised me this weekend was this from Tom Thibodeau. Well, I want to tighten up the rotation. I like the way the team functions, so it'll be similar to what we did in the Atlanta game. So can the rotation? Uh, as of right now, yes. Did you talk to him about that? How do you think that? Yeah, you know, it's it's part of it. You know, it's a, it's a tough decision to make, uh, but you always have to do what you think is best for the team. I view Kemba as a starter, and so. Uh, It'd be tough to, you know, play three small guards together. You know, I, I gave it consideration, um, and I've got great respect for who Kemba is as a person, number one, and all that he's accomplished in this league. So, um, you know, but I have to do what I think is best for the team. Gordon, you called it about a week ago that something had to be done with that starting lineup. We kind of thought it was Fournier, but Fournier has played better of late. Kimball Walker's the move right here. There's no question about it. Yeah, I saw a stat. With Kemba on the floor, the Knicks are the worst defensive team in the entire sport, and with him on the bench, they're the best. That's unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't really – it doesn't make – it makes it pretty hard not to be able to see that one. But hear this now. Not out of the starting lineup, Gordon, out of the The rotation. rotation. Yeah. Which means he's going to be playing checkers with Kevin Knox. Yep. Kevin Knox is like, hey, am I getting back in there? My no. time has come. No. no, 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 I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not. So Alec Burke will be your starting point guard. The question now is what does this do to the bench? Because he's a big part of the, the bench mm-hmm. too, that takes some pressure off another shooter. So this gives, this gives somebody another opportunity, Gordon, to move up and, and get some playing time. Maybe one of the rookies. Yeah. Well, the, the rookies have looked uh, I mean, the one, the Suns game, it was kind of tough to take anything out of that because it was such a mess, but mm-hmm. uh, they've looked, they've looked the part at least so far. They're giving you something. Yeah, absolutely. They are. They are. And we will follow the Knicks tomorrow night as they play the Brooklyn Nets, who've also made some lineup changes. How about Blake Griffin? Almost out of the rotation, too. So we'll see how they go there. Go ahead and be good on the radio tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow night. Sounds good, Larry. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>